first thing I'd experience with. Um, I'd never been to Africa when I moved there. I was just, I don't know, I didn't think anything about it. I was just like, okay, cool. I didn't think, like, what if you don't like Africa? But it all worked out. So, um, yeah, as a part of the internship, you get to um, experience a little bit of all of the departments in Impact Africa. So there, the internship is one. It's called Impact Me. We have Impact students. They go into high schools and actually get to teach a class. It's called Life Orientation class, and it pretty much can cover anything. So they allow us to preach the gospel in the schools, in the public high schools, which is really awesome. Um, and then there's Impact Baby Rescue, which is the department that I'm focused in now. Um, and that was formed because in Johannesburg, it's estimated that there are three babies that are abandoned every single day. That's just the ones that we find. Um, and that's because the mothers are facing challenges. They are poverty-stricken. Their boyfriends leave them when they find out that they're pregnant or they're, they don't have support from their family. So they just don't see any other option. They either have an abortion or they'll dump their baby. Um, so we're around to counsel them, to let them know that there's other options. They don't have to leave their baby in the trash. They can come talk to us. We pray for them. We share the gospel with them. Um, then we have Impact Missions, Mission Adventures, which is the mission trips, which is what we're doing this summer. So you all should come. And that's just, you also get to see um, a little bit into Impact Africa. The main thing that we do on trips is going out into the squatter camps and sharing the gospel with people. People there are very friendly. You just walk down the road. You say hi to someone. Hey, can I come sit with you? And they're like, sure. They're not doing anything. So then you just start talking to them, asking them about their lives. Um, what do you do? Where are you from? All this stuff. And they're super open to the gospel. It's not as much like here in America. You're not going to get like stabbed in the face if you start talking about Jesus. They're like, oh, cool. Like, what's this about? And um, talk to them. So that's most uh, what the teams do. We share the gospel and get to see lots of people saved, lots of people healed and encouraged. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. I don't know if I'm missing something. Um, but yeah, that's Impact Africa. That's who I work with and have been with for the past three years. So I wanted to share some statistics with you from this year, um, what specifically Impact Baby Rescue has been able to do, um, a few personal stories, and then I have a little encouragement. So um, this year, we were able to rescue 13 babies, um, and that was through, um, most of the time, we do have a baby safe, which I don't know if you've seen, there's actually some in Indiana now, but it's just in the side of the wall, it's like a little, almost like a mailbox, um, and it has an alarm in it, so when a mother comes, there's no cameras, no one knows who she is, it's completely anonymous, but they put their baby in there, an alarm goes off, and someone comes to fetch the baby. Um, but it's just a way for them, if they're, if they're full of shame, they don't want to talk to anyone, they don't want to get counseling, um, but they, we don't want them to throw their baby away because of that. So that's there as a, as a last resort, is what we tell them. So a few came through there. Most of the time, mothers will come for counseling first. They'll find out what it means to give your baby up for adoption. Can I get my baby back if I give them to you? Um, and all those kinds of questions we counsel with them. Um, and then lots of times, mothers will decide that it's the best thing to leave their baby with us. So yeah, 13 babies this year through those two different ways. So praise God for that. Um, throughout the year, we also did 265 presentations in cl clinics and hospitals. Like I said, just telling them this is the problem, this is the service that we have for you, even if you don't know, or like you don't have a problem, you're not pregnant, maybe you love your kids, you don't have any problems, like keep our fire and tell someone else about it. And we've actually had cases come through that where we asked the mom as she's giving us her baby, like, how did you hear about it? She said, oh, I was on the taxi. This lady sitting next to me asked me about like what was going on, and I told her I couldn't take care of my baby, and she said, here, call these people, they'll help you. Um, so that's been really awesome to see our reach spread throughout Johannesburg. Um, we've been able to give out 
1,192 baby boxes um, in partnership with a couple other, other organizations. And those are little bags, they're like shopping bags. We fill up with, sorry, I'm using the wrong terms, diapers and um, wipes and water and different little things that you need for your baby clothes. Because a lot of the times, um, the first few days are the most vulnerable when a mother has her baby. She's feeling the most helpless, the most like, I can't do this. Um, this is too hard. And so um, it's actually illegal to leave your baby at the hospital. So if a mother feels like she's going to get caught, the police are going to come after her, she'll take the baby home and then put the baby in the trash. So we partner with these other organizations that help us get the supplies, um, work with donors and stuff, and we go into the hospitals and give the moms that are still there these packs, and that gives them the encouragement. We talk with them and pray with them, say, you can do it. You can be an excellent mom. God has empowered you. He's given you this baby. Um, give them that encouragement to make it. Um, and you, then if you f really feel like you can't do it, then we have all our flyers in, in the pack so that they can call us if they need any help. So, um, yeah, and then there's just countless counseling conversations um, at the clinics, and then when they call, there's, I'm sure we keep track of the official ones, but there's many unofficial <laughs> counseling conversations that happen anytime we go to do awareness. So, that's some of the statistics. Um, I want to share a few stories from ministry. Um, one of them, if you're one of my supporters, then you'll have read this in the letter that I sent out, but... For those of you who aren't, um, we were with Baby Box Project, which is one of the partnering organizations that we work with, to give out the baby packs. We're going into a hospital, and we just will take a pack, and we'll go talk to a mom and give it to her and open it with her. And I was doing that. I met this lady. Her, name's with, her name was B. And I gave her the pack. I just chatted with her. I was like, is this your first baby? Just, just talking to her. Um, and it was typical. There was nothing like out of place. And I offered to pray for her. Um, can't even remember what she asked for prayer for. So I, j I just prayed for her. I gave her a hug. She seemed really affected by it. But I was just like, you know, if you're going to be a great mom, Jesus loves you, all this stuff. Um, gave her a hug. And then I was handing out other baby packs. And a doctor stopped me. And she was like, what is all this about? Like, who are you guys? So I explained about Baby Box Project. And I explained about Impact Baby Rescue and what we do. And she was like, oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. She's like, I was just wondering, because I was talking to this lady, and she like pointed to the lady that I talked to. She's like, earlier today, she was telling the doctors and stuff. She was giving her baby up for adoption, and she couldn't do it. But since you guys came, and you gave her the baby pack, and you talked and prayed with her, she decided to keep her baby now. So um, that was just an amazing moment. Um, found out just like the challenges that she was facing. And I was so honored to be a part of it that God used that and how much that will affect her life and her baby's life to have been raised by his mother. Because as much as we want adoption and we love it, we know that it's best for a baby to be with their mom. And so it's awesome that we were able to be a part of that. Um, uh, another testimony. I don't know if we were able to get the video. We have it? Okay. So we had a trip in October that was specifically centered on women. We had a couple guys that did come, but it was specifically focused on Impact Baby Rescue, and they worked with us more than other teams usually get to. And we did a women's conference in one of the informal settlements called Deep Sloot, and it was really amazing to see. Sometimes when you're in ministry, 
sometimes it's easy to question, like, if what you're seeing is real. Like, you talk to someone, they decide to accept Jesus, and you're thinking, like, are they just telling me yes because they want me to go away? Like, is this a legit, like, conversation and stuff? So it's always amazing when you have an experience that you know, you know that it's real. And we were just, it was in a room probably about this size, maybe a little bit bigger. It was full of women. And we had a preach, and then we had an altar call. I don't even remember what it was about, but there was all these women. They were just crowding. It was like most of the people in the building had come up for prayer. And they were just like ladies crying. They were lifting their hands. They are like, Jesus. It was so, like, surreal, like, to be a part of that. Um, so that was really amazing. Um, and then one more thing before we play the video. There was a lady on that trip um, named Lillian, and she was in my group. We would go out. And tell people, talk to them about IBR, talk to them about Jesus, um, and then invite them to the conference that we had. And I know it's kind of an intimidating thing to talk to people about Jesus. So when people come on trips, usually they're pretty quiet. And so you have to come, you're like helping them get into the conversation. And then you're like, try not to talk very much because you're like, all right, we need to talk a little bit. Like, um, and then sometimes like prompt them like, oh, you should share this, you should share this, whatever. So one of the ladies, she was pretty quiet. This was Lillian, and she um, had in another conversation at a different house mentioned about how her and her husband had been searching for a job earlier that year and um, the Lord, like, providing for them and blessing them with a job, which is a huge problem in South Africa. There's so much unemployment, and so that's a lot of what people are facing. So when we got to the next house, the lady was talking about not having a job, and I was like, oh, Lillian, you should share about you and your husband. And so she started to share this story about um, not having a job and then getting this call from a company she didn't even know about, but they were like, oh, someone gave us your name and number and said you need a job and we want to give you an interview. And she ended up interviewing and getting the job, which is an amazing story in and of itself. But then the next day at the conference, she got up to share a testimony. She didn't even tell me this at the time of, of this happening. But um, she said, I don't know when exactly, I think it was like 2012 or something, she had gotten into an accident and lost her memory, and she had to relearn how to walk, relearn how to eat, relearn how to do all this stuff, and didn't remember a lot of her, of her life. And so she said that when she was sharing, I asked her, hey, you should share about, um, about seeking for a job and getting a job. She said that this memory came back to her that she hadn't remembered. She didn't even know that it had happened. She, after the conversation, got on the phone with her husband, was like, I just got this memory, and I don't even know if it's real, but I, so she explained to her husband, he was like, no, that was real, like, God gave that to you in the moment, so I thought that was another cool example of, like, I had no idea, I, didn't, I wasn't doing anything, I was just trying to get her to talk in the conversation, like, that wasn't any, like, spiritual insight from the Lord, but God used that, and I thought that was, like, so cool, but um, there was a quick uh, promo video for the trip. I thought we could play since we're going on a trip this summer. It's just like one minute long.
yeah, so that's kind of like a peek into what trips are look look like. Okay, I'm deciding what to share because now I'm going long. Okay, so I just wanted to give an update for those of you who know why I'm in South Africa, and then I'll explain a little more. So when after I was an intern, with an internship, you kind of get, like I said, like a taste of the whole ministry, everything set up for you. But as a staff member, you're more focused in one area of the ministry. So when they invited me to come on staff, it was with Impact Baby Rescue, like I said. Um, but the specific focus within that is with the baby home, which right now, as it is, when we have a mom come to us and she says, I can't keep my baby, I need to keep my baby to you. We work with other organizations in Johannesburg and we, we have the baby for a few days and then the baby goes to a baby home where they wait until they're adopted. And so Impact Africa is wanting to start our own baby home so that when we get the baby, we're able to just keep the baby until they're adopted. It's better that way. The less the baby changes hands, the healthier it is for them. So that's what we're working towards. That's what I came to South Africa to do as a staff member is to help um, get the baby home started and help run it, um, which we had hoped would happen by February of 2017. Um, but we are still working on the paperwork with the government. And sometimes I feel like a broken record. People are like, how's the baby home going? Like, how's the registration going? We're still waiting on the government. So if you want to pray for that, that would be amazing. Um, they're just not super efficient. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. and um, we're just trying to do it right and win the trust of the government. And um, But yeah, we're hoping soon, soon, soon. Um, so in the meantime, I've been doing lots of random stuff. I've been helping with all things IBR, with awareness, with teams that come. I've been helping Impact Africa run their social media. I've been lots of random admin stuff, just anything that I can help with. Um, so that's what I've been doing um, in the meantime. And then um, I just wanted to announce, I know some of you already know, but I have decided to go back to school, which I never thought that I would do, um, but God can do anything. So I am doing classes from Ivy Tech online from South Africa. I'm working towards a bachelor's in social work. So that's really exciting. And God can do miracles because that really is <laughs> a miracle. <laughs> All right. So we'll see how long this takes. Okay. <laughs> My encouragement, I want to talk about faith, dreaming, and taking risks because um, I feel like the Lord has really taught me a lot about it this year. So I wanted to look up what faith was. Obviously, we know the definition in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. But when you look up the definition in the dictionary, it's defined as complete trust or confidence in something or someone. And I always struggled with what exactly faith is and what it looks like, which I know is ironic considering my name is Faith. Um, but being in ministry has really pushed me to confront that. Like, what does it really mean on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, what does it mean practically for me to have faith? Because um, we've all experienced, I know, praying for things and then having those prayers go unanswered. We're praying for provision or for healing or for something we don't see happen. And you wonder, what's the role of faith in that? Like, I really, really believe this was going to happen and then it didn't. Like, what does it mean to have faith if things don't happen like we want them to or like we pray for them to? Um, and I just, I just want to say faith's not like a superpower. It's not like something that we have, we flex it, we're like, if we believe really hard, like really, really hard, then maybe it'll happen. If it didn't happen, then maybe you just didn't believe hard enough. Like that's not what faith is. Faith is trust. 
which changes everything because that means faith's not certainty of a specific outcome. It means that you trust regardless of the outcome. Um, in Mark 4, verses 35 through 40, it's talking about when Jesus calms the storm. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And considering the definition of faith, you can read that, Do you still not trust me? It's not that Jesus was saying, didn't you believe that I would get up and calm the storm? He was saying, don't you trust me? Like, you got in the boat with me. I wasn't going to let anything bad happen to you. Um, doing ministry evangelism, specifically going house to house um, every day, praying for people, believing for salvations and healings, um, It's this is something that you struggle with because you want to expect big things. You want to go out and be like, today I want to see healings. I want to see miracles. I want to see people come to salvation. I want God to heal hearts. And then not every day is a super day. Like sometimes nobody wants to talk to you and you have a terrible day. Like it happens. Um, so you struggle with like, okay, if I wake up every single day and I want to be like, oh, I want to see miracles. I want to see healing. I want to see salvations. It can't happen every single day that it's a super amazing, awesome day. So should I, should I ever ask for that? Because what am I left with, you know? But if we look at faith as trust, then that means we go, we step out, we ask for these things because we know that God wants to do them. And when it doesn't happen, then we say, God, I trust you. I know that there's a reason this person wasn't healed in instantly. I know there's a reason that these things didn't happen. And I know that everything you do is for your glory and for my good. And so I trust you. And I'll do it again tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. And I'll praise you when it happens. Um, in Matthew 7, 9 through 11, this is another verse that I've been reading a lot this year and meditating on. It says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And this year, um, dealing with uh, expecting big things, expecting I'm going to go to South Africa, we're going to get the baby home started, I'm going to work with babies, we're going to rescue these babies and get to keep them, and I'm going to like build these relationships with these kids. And then month after month after month after month after month after month, literally February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, every single month this year, I've like, this is the month. It's going to happen. God's going to come through. We're going to open the baby home. And it didn't happen. And I just kept coming back to this verse that I know that if, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, then how much more does God know how to give good gifts to his children? Even though I don't see it, like, how is this a good gift? <laughs> I don't understand that this is a good gift. But I know that God, everything he does is for my good and his glory. 
So this is for my good and his glory. I just don't understand it. And that's what faith says. It doesn't say necessarily that this is going to happen, this specific outcome, that the baby home is going to be open in February this year. Obviously, that didn't happen. That's not what faith is. Faith is trusting that whatever happens, it's for my good and for his glory. Um, Earlier, the context. So that leads me to dreaming. So the context of this verse um, talking about if you, you know how to give good gifts, how much more does your father know how to give, get, give good gifts? I'd been just meditating on that part, and I didn't really look back and see the context until later this year, and it says in verse 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Um, so we'll, obviously we just read that God desires that we ask for these things. He, he desires that we ask, we seek, and we knock. And if we have the kind of faith that says, that sees any outcome and says, I still trust you even though I don't understand, then there's nothing too big to ask God for. Because even if you think of the biggest, the wildest thing, whatever it is that you think is impossible to happen, it's not too big. Because even if it doesn't happen, you still trust God. There's no, there's no huge letdown because you're still standing in faith. You're still trusting him. God, whatever happens, I know that you love me. I know that you are working for my good and your glory. Um, our problem often is that we don't think in the right realm. Our dreams are still tiny compared to what God wants for us because when someone tells us um, to do here, wait, let me back up. So think about a child who asks for candy for dinner. Usually you don't do that, right? Um, you might tell them to dream bigger, and they're thinking, okay, let me think of like a buffet of candy, like all the chocolates, all the cakes, all the candies. Like that's what they're thinking. But you as the adult understand that candy's not the best for them. Candy's like okay once in a while, but you don't want a buffet of candy for dinner. So you're thinking bigger. You're thinking about health. You're thinking about them two hours from now with a stomach ache. You know, you're thinking about them 10 years from now as a healthy person and not with diabetes. That's the bigger thinking that you're thinking, but they're just thinking bigger candy. Do you see? So with, um, with us, it's, it's sometimes less clear than that to us because we're the child that wants the buffet. We're not thinking about 10 years from now having diabetes. Um, so when we're told to dream bigger, we immediately think of temporal things like our possessions, our jobs, our paychecks, our vacations, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're told to dream bigger, you think, okay, a better car and more vacations and a bigger house and all these things that you want. But that's not what God wants for you necessarily. I mean, God wants us to have good things, but are those the things that really matter anyways? When we think back on our lives and we think about the best moments of our lives, they're always with God or with other people. They're never with our things. Um, maybe instead of having a huge paycheck, God wants you to learn to trust him because that's way more valuable than a huge paycheck. And, and sometimes getting to that point requires not having because who learns to trust God on a large paycheck with their money? Usually you learn on a small paycheck. When you don't have enough, you learn that you can trust God. Um, there's a C.S. Lewis quote that I love. It says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Um, so, yeah, I kind of already explained in light of my year, 
um, I dreamt of, you know, going to Africa. We start the baby home. I get to work with babies every day. I get to build relationships with them. And I get to see them adopted. It's like dream come true. And instead, I get this, like, month after month and week after week and day after day of waiting and waiting and waiting and figuring out new things to do and new ways to help and all this stuff. And it, it was honestly a really hard year for me. And I, you know, I, I said, I'm sitting here going, like, I know that you want the best for me and you give me the best and you don't give a stone when I ask for bread. So, like, this really feels like a stone in my hand right now. Like, what is this? Um, but in hindsight now, I know I don't have 2020. I'm still really close to the event. But seeing the trust that has been built in my life as a result of this is far more valuable than a year spent taking care of babies as much as I wanted that and still wish it could have happened I look back and the trust that I've built is so much more valuable than that and I, I know God looked at that and it it may have been like a candy buffet like I didn't think I mean who thinks like going to be a missionary in Africa is like the wrong like the wrong desire to do this you know but God looked at it and said like I know what's better and it's like you trust me so even if it hurts, even if you act like a child throwing a tantrum because you want this other thing, that I'm going to do what's best for you. And I, I know that it is what was best for me. And I'm really um, grateful for it, even though it was hard. Um, so in future dreaming, I'm trying to dream God's way. I know we can't always see exactly as he sees, but I'm trying to look forward. And instead of asking for things that... Um, maybe just fit with what I want, I'm, I'm looking at how I can be more, more seeing how God sees. So um, instead of just asking to graduate, I want to graduate with a trust about when I graduate, because I know I can't be a full-time student and a full-time job at the same time, and I'm already like two years behind on school, if you look at it, like going to school at 18. So the achiever part of me wants to like look back and be like, oh, if I'd went to college, like right after high school, I could have been graduated from college by age 20, but here I am, I'm at age 20, I'm just starting, and so part of me is like kind of tensed up about that, like I want to end school on time, I want to do as much as I can, but I know that God wants me to trust him, so I'm dreaming to trust God with my degree um, completion and with the finances for school, and even with insecurity regarding school. Um, I know a lot, of, a lot of people don't know this, but I was actually really insecure about school when I was in high school, just not feeling smart and not feeling I could, I could do it. Um, so just dreaming of like, even if this degree is for nothing but losing that insecurity and learning to trust God with that and to put my identity in him rather than what I can do, then it's worth it. Um, so yeah, so finally, I want to talk about taking risks. Um, you cannot have faith and play it safe. They're at odds. There's always an element of risk when you step out in faith. Like I said earlier, there's always uncertainty where, the, where faith is. Faith, there's this um, definition or a quote or whatever about faith that just it blew my mind when I read it. And I think about it all the time now. It says, the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. Because if you know that something's going to happen, you don't need any faith. You just know. Um, so there's always risk when you step out in faith. We want to be able to step out in faith without any risk, but that's not possible. Um, but faith, trust, as faith is, is exactly what makes the risk worth it. Because like I said earlier, if you trust God despite the outcome, then any risk is worth it. Um, you can trust Jesus to always do his best for you and always what will glorify him most. So um, 
I, I know a lot of people around this age in their 20s, um, graduating high school and stuff, you always um, have this like fear of like, what if I mess it up? What if I choose the wrong like path? I just like, like God, tell me what I need to do. And then people come and they're like, oh, God will let you choose. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. I want God to tell me exactly what to do so I don't mess it up. You know what I mean? Um, so that whole teaching about like God will, I mean, as long as it's not like blatant sin, God will let you choose things. I'm like, I would never, I was like, I'm not okay with that. I'm not comfortable. I just want God to tell me because I'm so afraid of messing it up. Um, but I was praying about it um, not too long ago. And the Lord just, like, gave me this example of those of you who have kids would know that you have to let them fail sometimes. Whether they're, like, little or they're older, you have to let them fail. This is how they learn. It's just, like, falling over when they're learning to walk or whatever it is. But you never allow them to fail when it could be fatal. Like, if they grab a knife off the counter, you're not going to, like, look at them from afar and be like, you better make the right decision about that. Like, you're going to run over and, like, grab the knife out of their hands. (laughs) So he told me, I'm not going to let you fail in an area that could be fatal. I'm going to tell you, don't do that if it's going to be fatal to you. But if it's not, I'm going to let you fail so that you can learn. And then you learn to trust me more. Then you learn, oh, uh, that isn't what I'm not supposed to be doing. You get wisdom, and that helps you decide in the future. Um, so you can rest assured that God won't let you take a risk that's going to end up being fatal. He'll let you know. Um, so, yeah, for for these different dreams that that are maybe, like, more towards God's, like maybe you want to dream about trusting God with your finances, the risk is that you have to give up control. You can't trust God and also control your finances. So you have to risk that because letting go of control is hard. Um, You have to risk your idea of what's enough and how he'll provide. Maybe you're thinking, if I trust God with my finances, then this is the way that he's going to provide, by giving me a job or by whatever, whatever. Maybe he wants to have someone deliver groceries to your house every week for a month, and that's uncomfortable or something like that. You know, you don't know. You have to risk that he, his idea of enough and how he's going to provide may be different than yours. Or maybe your dream is leading someone to the Lord, to salvation. Maybe you've never done that before, and that's something that's amazing that I, I hope everyone gets to be a part of, but you have to risk rejection to do that. You're not going to have a perfect uh, record of always leading every person you talk to to the Lord. You're going to have to risk rejection. You're going to have to risk being this person being completely uninterested in what you're trying to say. Um, You're going to have to risk them asking a question you can't answer. That might happen. But um, stepping out of faith is always worth it because you can trust God. Your dream might be to witness a miracle or healing, but you have to risk that you're going to pray and see nothing happen in that moment because it happens. But if you trust God, that he's always doing what is best for you, then it's worth the risk. So, yeah, you don't have to understand. We don't always understand why things don't happen and why God does the way He does things the way he does them. But what matters is that we have obedience and stepping out in faith. Um, and that pleases God. It says in Hebrews that, um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Stepping out in faith, no matter what the outcome ends up being, does please God. Um, yeah, so um, faith in, in review. Faith is empowering. It pushes us to really, really trust God. It enables us to dream big because we know that even if we don't get what we want, it, he'll do what is best in the situation for everyone involved. It helps us to see through God's eyes that what we thought was less is actually more sometimes. Um, faith allows us to take risks because we really, truly trust God. Um, so that's what I have for you guys. I want to pray for everyone. So I just want to stand. We'll pray.
Okay, so I just want to pray for three groups of people. You might belong to all three. I would probably belong to all three. <laughs> um, but I want to pray for people who just generally feel like they need to trust God more in any area or in all areas. I th I'm sure we all do. <laughs> um, people who feel like they need to dream bigger in God's way. Maybe we're thinking too much um, in the t temporal and we're not thinking of um, what God would have for us, even if it's not necessarily comfortable. Um, and the third group is people who want to step out in faith despite risks and, and take those risks in whatever area it is that God's leading you. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll just pray and you know in your heart which, which group you belong to and just uh, believe and pray with me and ask God and he will, he will do it. So be careful the prayers you pray. <laughs> All right. Lord, I thank you um, for everyone in this room and I thank you for speaking to us. God, I just ask for us to be able to trust you more. I pray, um, as uncomfortable as it may be, I pray that you put us in situations that require trust and that we would, we would have that full and complete trust in you, God. I pray that we would all um, be enabled to dream bigger, how you want us to dream bigger. God, I pray that if there's any area in our lives that we're dreaming maybe in the wrong way or dreaming for things that don't really matter, I pray that you would change our hearts and convict us, God, and that you would show us what you have for us on that thing that is, is actually more that may look like less. And I pray that we would be able to trust you with that as we, as we look at situations that we don't understand and that, um, that just don't make sense, God. We would be able to trust you with that and that we would be able to learn what you would have us learn in that situation. God, and I pray for anyone in the room that wants to learn to step out in faith despite risk, whether it's to pray for someone, to speak to someone about Jesus, to see a miracle, to see healing, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would um, instill that faith in them, that trust, that they can follow you. They can step out. They can talk to someone. They can pray for someone. You have their back. You're not going to let them fail and that you'll always do what is best. Always, always, always. You'll do what's best for them, for whoever they're dealing with, and you'll always glorify yourself, God. I pray that we would really learn to trust you in this, and that we would um, follow you in everything, Lord Jesus, and that you would have our way in our, your way in our lives. In Jesus' name. Awesome word, Faith. Why don't you all be seated with me for just a moment? We're going to plant a seed in Faith's ministry over there at Impact Africa, so just let the Holy Spirit lead you as you fill out your offering envelope, and all of this will go to her. The ministry over there is just a phenomenal ministry, and as you can hear from her heart, she is really knit to the vision over there and to the people. Also, if you would like to be involved with faith, uh, you, there's a sign-up sheet. There's a table there that you can sign up, and uh, I believe they can get on your, uh, on your email list. And then also there's a sign-up sheet there if any of you would like more information about going with Laurel. And uh, I don't know if Mark's going or not, but with the Hassets taking the team over there, it's going to be an awesome, awesome opportunity <clears throat> for everyone. And uh, Faith, when do you go back? Friday. It's Friday. Okay. 
Praise God. Are you ready? It's, it's home, isn't it? Not, not replacing home, but that's like home for you. You can see it in her heart, can't you? Stretch your hands out here toward her. If you write your checks, maybe you can do it with your other hand. But Father, we thank you for faith. Lord, we thank you for the call of God upon her life. Lord, you've had her set, set aside for years for your service. We've seen that. And Lord, her very name is the message she brought forth tonight. But I know she has faith, trust, confidence in you. You will always open the doors that need to be opened, close the doors that need to be closed, bringing her forth to fulfill her God-given destiny upon this earth. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have planned for her future. Thank you for those doors that will be opening for her in Jesus' name. You have a gift to teach, too. You have a gift to teach and preach, Faith. God's going to open that door for you. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I know 